Welcome to Inside Moto episode four of our weekly show. A um, little bit different this week because uh, I've got a co-host from the uh, MX Vice show, uh, Ed Stratman, who's joining me um, because uh, this is an intriguing one for us. We've had uh, some fantastic people already. We've had Doc Wobb in episode one, who's behind the Vets uh, MXDN Nations, uh, like hugely, hugely successful business, does a titanium. Then we had Jamie Buckingham, the athlete manager from Liat, who was a former MXGP mechanic. And then we moved on to Patrick Erlinson, who uh, is the senior business development guy for MIPS, uh, massively into uh, you know helmet safety and also is the JWR team manager as well. So I love hearing these stories about, you know, how these people first get into the business, uh, you know, how, you know, it, literally it's fueled by passion. But at the end of the day, we all need to make some money to be able to keep keep doing our passion. So um, huge thank you to uh, our sponsor, Even Strokes. It's a UK-based mo- online motocross shop that offers motocross parts and gear, driven by making motocross more affordable. There's always deals on. Use code MXVICE to get 10% off anything site-wide. Liat, Thor, Alpine Stars. Uh, procs, all the parts you can think of um, are all on even strokes. Uh, literally 10% of everything that even stroke sells goes back into the MX Vice coffers to um, uh, pay for my hair transplant. So um, uh, without fail, I've got uh, a really, really great guest today. And uh, it's an intriguing business. Um, a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this because there's obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure that when you hear this concept, you're going to be like, shit. Why didn't I think of this? Uh, his name is Ryan Amoyes, and the business is called MX Locker. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to join and, and talk moto and, and business. Yeah, I mean, this is my two favorite things. I don't know about you, Ryan, but I absolutely love motocross, and uh, I kind of gave up my agency uh, back in 2016 to try and you know, focus on this and rather than do ex- ex- extortionate websites for law firms and accountants, which was boring as shit. And uh, I developed MX Vice. Um, and uh, so I get to do my passion and have fun, uh, which is a win-win. So, um, so Ryan, uh, can you tell us first a little bit about MX Locker? Because I'm pretty sure people are going to be like, what is MX Locker? I mean, in America, it's freaking huge. Um, I mean, you guys have got 80,000 visit, uh, 80,000 members. Um, it's everywhere. You know, I've seen Jeff promote it, Jeff Emig online. Um, but in Europe, it's probably not as uh, well known as it is in the US. Yeah, so MX Soccer is a peer-to-peer marketplace for the dirt bike community. So think eBay, think Airbnb, where people are posting their own products. Um, we're kind of connecting riders to themselves who are selling riding gear, bike parts, and dirt bikes to be able to t- transact and sell between each other. So we're an online marketplace built for the dirt bike community. And uh, I, I love this concept because in the UK, eBay is very, very popular. But eBay's kind of, I would say, changed over the last five years where more new parts and new gears sold on eBay rather than the secondhand stuff, which is insane because eBay was always kind of well known for, you know, to buy secondhand motocross gear. And, uh, you know, it's, it, eBay's kind of changed. Is that kind of giving you a an opportunity to seize with MX Locker? I mean, how did this come about? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a long story behind it. I've been buying and selling. Let's do stuff, it. So. Let's do. Let's do some of that stuff. <laughs> all right. Get bits out. Yeah. So it kind of all started middle school. My mom bought me two pairs of Nike SBs, uh, and grew up in Miami. Believe it or not. So everyone thinks Miami dirt bike company. They don't really add two and two together. If you're in Miami, no one really knows what a dirt bike is or where the closest dirt bike track is. Believe it or not, my mom's still never been to a dirt bike track. So that's kind of how out of the industry I was. Um, yeah, it all started with sneakers, was kind of buying and selling, would go to trade shows. That's kind of like what fueled my passion for buying and reselling, kind of used products and seeing, you know, there is a secondhand market other than retail. Uh, that led to hats. So I was importing hats from overseas and then had a wholesale deal in, in Texas, basically. With, I could get hats at discount if I bought them in bulk. Went to these trade shows because everyone wanted snapback hats, would sell them. Basically, I would be walking around like 14, 15 years old with a couple of thousand dollars of cash in my pockets um, selling hats and then realized I wanted to sell them online. So I think that's when like Instagram first launched and like Facebook. So was like early on Facebook, created a normal like Wix site, was selling hats and then sold like a certain amount of volume where PayPal and eBay needed to verify my age and got kicked off pretty quickly because I realized I was under 18 and they froze a couple thousand dollars till I was 18. So my birthday present was like getting my PayPal account unfrozen. So then my parents were like, all right, you need to focus on school. Um, always had a passion for dirt bikes. My dad's from South Africa, grew up riding kind of around motorsport. And I'd been riding my entire life. In Miami, there weren't so many tracks. So I was just kind of weekend warrior. Uh, when I was in high school, the local tracks kind of closed. So closest track to me was two and a half hours away. Um, but still just loved dirt bikes, like lived for them. And went to college, not knowing kind of where, you know, my parents are like focused on school, got into college. So I found myself at the University of Florida. Um, believe it or not, like 20 minutes down the road from Gatorback Cycle Park. So I'd always be on Verb Moto. Like I'd find myself in lecture halls just on vermoto.com watching videos and they had a track map and I'm like, shit, like there's a lot of dirt bike tracks around me. And my dad didn't let me bring my dirt bike to, to school the first year at uni. So, um, yeah, that was kind of just like, all right, let me think of ways how to make money with dirt bikes. And while I can't ride right now, let's say like, I'm at college, I can't do sneakers anymore or hats. Like let's take what I learned there and kind of learn how to do it with dirt bikes. So then he finally let me bring my bike to college sophomore year. And that's when I realized how dirt bike riding was so expensive. Cause growing up, like he was kind of, you know, showing me the ropes and getting me gear. And I always wanted, like saw people at the track with tech tens and I'd always have tech threes, tech fives. And he would never spend $600 on a pair of boots. You know, he's like, fuck, like you're a weekend warrior. Why are you going to, why am I going to spend $600 on like boots for you? Uh, like you're not even racing or anything so kind of made it my own like venture to figure out how to get boots uh, you know on my own and started going on ebay and finding privateers selling their old gear um, and that's kind of what the birth of mx soccer was i'd buy gear in bulk and buy 10 sets get two sets for free like seven mx gear was like the thing at the time and i'd keep two sets for myself and sell the eight for profit um so 
yeah, I was kind of just sitting around, created an Instagram. I'm sure if you like scroll down on our Instagram, you can see like the OG post where it's like, I have a pair of uh, curry goggles for 30 bucks. DM us if you're interested. Um, yeah, so kind of ran that during college. Um, then we opened it up to like, we got more inventory, opened it up on a website, started to get traction. Uh, I was going back and forth between class and, you know, shipping out orders, running the Instagram, kind of very like manual, uh, just trying to find like good deals. Um, and then being that I was so around like Gatorback and MTF, I finagled my way to like, the whole thing was like, how can I get MX Locker bigger? was all these amateur kids had so much gear and they're getting it for free and we're switching brands so much. So I'd go to like all the gold cup races and try to take photos of like all the top kids. And cause none of them would, they're like, who the hell is MX soccer? Like sending me a DM that they're going to buy gear. Um, so I'd go take photos of like all the top kids and be like, Hey, like, cause everyone wanted photos for social media. So I'm like, Hey, here's some photos um by the way i buy and sell gear like if you want to sell some of your old stuff and then 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 they started to get to know me and like felt comfy selling me stuff um and then yeah all the kids at mtf quickly realized i live like an hour and a half away so i would meet them halfway and get dumps of gear sent to me like they'd all like pile up all their stuff and then be like mx soccer is coming up like you guys want to like sell your stuff so yeah that's like what mx soccer was during college um kind of just buying and selling on my own. And then as I started to graduate, kind of realized my dad is like, was never keen on making dirt bikes a living. Like he was always just like, it's a fun side project, but he's like, all right, you have a year to prove to me after college, if you can make this like viable. Um, and I always kind of knew I wanted to turn it into a marketplace because we had users messaging us on Instagram saying, Hey, like, let me sell you your boots. But I didn't have time to run to the post office every day and ship up boxes. So I actually hired an overseas team and like spent all my money and that didn't really work out. So I had one more shot to get MX Soccer, like give it a go and like make it a marketplace. So found a developer online in the States. Funny enough, it comes for a so like full circle. I had dinner with him last night, met him in person for the first time ever, which is kind of cool. Like after two years of like working on mine together. Um, so he built like V1 of MX Soccer that grew it to 7,000 users. And we did over six figures in sales one month. And I'm like, all right, this thing has traction. And then short story, uh, one of my friends from college who studied computer science, I convinced to come on full time. I said, this thing has traction. Let's build out a marketplace. Um, and that's kind of what like MX Soccer is today. Short story. There's more in depth, but yeah, we built our mobile app and website in three months. Kind of just like, let's get this out to, to the world. And we have 170,000 users now on the platform. So it's, it's pretty awesome to see it. Yeah. The growth has been incredible. And I think that's what's come up on my radar over possibly the past year. Um, it's just, the uh, I, I guess, uh, maybe you're kind of like thinking about different parts of the business now with like marketing and, and, and getting more users onto the platform. So you've had to be kind of uh, looking at social media, looking at uh, partnering with right people to kind of grow that brand and grow, grow the site. Because tell us a little bit about, you know, what, you know, that, that, I mean, first and foremost, obviously you proved to your dad that the, the business was viable. <laughs> 
because uh you gave you you obviously put in that year and, and, and made that happen hey yeah 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 no for sure i mean he was kind of shocked like when we're starting to get traction and he's like all right like you have my go ahead to because he's always you know like wants me to have my back like he wants to have my back and make sure i make good business decisions so he's just like all right like go for it like this thing has any different like me, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into building a marketplace. Like there's so many things that go into it. And looking back, like so many things had to like fall into the right places to like make it work. And like, still like, there's just so many new things I learn every day. Um, like I studied marketing at school, but like didn't really learn much of marketing. I've learned most like just doing it myself. Um, but yeah. It's pretty so cool when, uh, you get to know something really well. You just realize how much there still is more to know, I guess, is what you're saying as well. And I guess there must have been some pretty tough times there, mate. So I guess it definitely built yourself a lot of resilience, a lot of character, you know, to get through those moments of adversity when you were thinking of throwing it in. So I guess describe yourself as a person and what your best traits are to deal with what you're doing and then also to make the business a success. Um, yeah, I just think, like, you can't be afraid to go for it. I think, you know, I like being just super active, being straightforward with people and just like taking the risk. I think I would have been more pissed with myself if I didn't go out and do it. I always tell you like the only way you're going to know if something works is if you actually try it. So I'd rather fail and, you know, say, okay, I tried making this work versus saying like dragging myself down my entire life saying, oh shit, like I had this thing and then someone else created it and it turned out to be big. So yeah, I think just doing that and then just, I don't know, I've built a trade for like business, like ever since growing up, like I love buying and selling stuff. I can't stop. I just love kind of like learning new things, being online and, and, and yeah, just seeing where e-commerce is going. It's, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, that that's the, the first thing I took is like 15 years old buying and selling trainers um, just to make you laugh and, and give you a, an idea of how old I am. Um, I used to uh, basically uh, get vinyl records, put them onto a cassette tape because obviously I'd like buy the top 20 records uh, on vinyl, put them, record them onto a cassette tape and then sell them to my friends. So that the tape would cost me a pound. I would sell the tape for three quid. And that's basically how I started my entrepreneurial journey at sort of 12 years old. Um, and, and I, I can relate. I love listening to uh, other business minds as well because we all kind of start somewhere with, you know, how do is how does this work? How do I? Because it it my time at that time, um, I always I'm infatuated with Air Max nineties. So um, I've got about seventy pairs, um, and I just collect them. Um, and it's just a very expensive hobby. But it, when I was eleven years old, it's like, how do I get a pair of Air Max nineties? Because there's no way my parents are buying me these. So uh, it was a yeah. lot of mixtapes which i was uh i was selling <laughs> um yeah same thing same thing with my parents because like we'd be buying yeezys before they were a thing i mean i bought my first pair of yeezys for 500 bucks probably worth like i don't know now how much they're worth because of the whole kanye thing but i had like the back to the future shoes and they're like why are you spending like three four thousand on these things and like i turned around and like sold them on ebay for like eight nine thousand they're like all right like we're just staying out of everything you do now so yeah so it's it, it is quite it's quite funny how you know you can flip stuff and bits and pieces and it, it, did you have any inspiration um 
sort of coming into this? Was there someone you looked to or is there a program you watched or something which inspired you to to like, I can make some money this way? Or was it just about having some extra cash through college? Um, I don't know. I just like, I can't sit still, I would say. So like, just between classes, like I always wanted to do something on the side. So it was kind of that. Um, I'd always watch Shark Tank and like was fascinated by people building their own businesses uh, and just seeing like startups and, and how cool they are to like work for your own, but also like build something new. Like I never loved going and working and doing something else. Like I love just like setting your own path. So uh, yeah, that, I think that's kind of what aided everything to MX Soccer. Um, but yeah, like just also with like our developers, like, having one more shot. I remember my dad saying like, all right, you have one more shot to get this. Cause like we had a developer team that like wasn't good. And he's like, all right, like this isn't working out. And then to have it just even work to the slightest was, it's just amazing to like look back and see. Yeah. Looking back, you must have just also like, Yeah. And just like, cause sometimes you get so like stuck in the weeds of like building a business every day. So like even just coming out to California this week and like meeting people and like, no one knows who I am really because it's pretty funny, but like in the industry, like I could walk around the pits, zero idea. Like there's a couple guys who know who I am. Um, so like people meet me and they think I'm like this 50, 60 year old guy and they like double take me. And they're like, Oh shit. Like you're MX, like you're MX soccer. Like I've seen you guys. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And then also just like being exposed to e-commerce at an early age, like, I've got scammed before, like buying and selling sneakers. So I knew like that kind of drove my inspiration to like build a safe community for the dirt bike industry. Yeah, that's and that's cool. the, that's the biggest challenge. I mean, from looking out inwards, um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Hey, is, is the, the co- let, let's not play it down. The, the, the whole e-commerce um, system that you've built is that security for the buyer and the seller. That's, that's a tricky situation to handle, hey, for any kind of um, developer to kind of figure out, okay, we're going to give the opportunity for people to put their, put their uh, products up. And also, um, we got to give the opportunity for somebody to buy them. But obviously, they can't send them out until uh, the, you know, the cash has been allocated and is safe in a safe place. Can you talk us through like how the transaction works? Yeah, so on an, yeah, that's like a whole thing just also my experience with sneakers it's like all right let's i've been scammed before so i know like i want to create a safe place like then everyone's like oh venmo me but even my dad is like he has no idea if you're protected by venmo or not like you got to think about your average user so yeah on mx soccer it's we have buyer and seller protection as a buyer the money never gets released to the seller until you receive the item and you have 48 hours to inspect that item make sure it came correct uh, we give the buyer 48 hours, you know, because sometimes people are away and, and like don't open a package right away. We do have something with buyers where if they're away, they can notify us and say, hey, I'm on vacation. Like I can't open this package at the moment. Uh, for a seller, we, you know, have all fraudulent chat. Like we protect you from fraud completely. Like we have chargebacks and we handle those. You'll never see those happen. We accept every kind of major credit card. So we're dealing with all payments. We're handling payment processing, all those good things. We're putting your product out to, you know, thousands of users. And then that's going on to your MX Soccer balance. So you could actually cash out to your bank account or debit card. And then what's cool about that, you could also turn around that balance and buy something on the platform. 
Um, so it's, it's completely secure. We uh, use a really big, you know, payment processor. Uh, that's a big company and a lot of major marketplaces use them. So figuring that out was definitely a huge hurdle, but you know, we improve security all the time. Like we just released an app update today um, that has like identity protocols put into place. So you could upload a photo of your ID. It gives you a verified badge on your profile. So a user knows like if they're buying from you, you're a verified person. If this person's buying from you, they're a verified person. So the whole goal is to make it, you know, as seamless and safe as possible for both users, both buyers and sellers. Nah, I love it. And, and this is where there's e-commerce and there's what you're doing is like a different level because e-commerce is like, hey, let's open up a Shopify website. We'll we'll do $29.99. Hey, we're a business. I'm an e-commerce guy. But the level the, the level you're, you're going to MX Locker is just ridiculous. I, I can only imagine the APIs and the security and literally uh, how many kind of Zapier uh, connections you've got talking to each other to make this thing happen. So the, the yeah, guy, no. the, the, your developer must be, you know, well thought out, um, like computer science dude. Yeah, no, he went to school for it. And, you know, big shout out to Andrew, who's, you know, you're older than me. We both were at college together. And I think when he first, when I first said, like, let's build this thing, he thought it was like a normal Shopify store, like one e-commerce front, one seller. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I could build this in two months. And then he was still at his other job and he realized like two months in, I'm like, Hey, let's do the progress. And he's like, yeah, this is definitely more complicated than I thought. So that's when he, I convinced him to join full time. Um, and yeah, just like thinking about a marketplace, there's just so much that goes into it. Like we're solving not only like sellers. So we actually had supply in the beginning cause that was me flipping stuff, but I mean, we made up 90%, almost 100% of sales in the first couple of months because it was only our supply on the site. And then convincing sellers to put their product on our platform at like a negotiated fee where we we're not making any money at all was just a huge hurdle. And then like trying to get people to come buy from our new platform, like do you trust MX Locker? It's definitely like you're building both supply and demand at the same time. And it's definitely cool to see at scale, and but we're not even at scale yet. I would say so it's continuing like these two like lines that you're controlling like both supply and demand I mean I, again I find this this whole process fascinating in in everybody will always um like see the finished version of MX Locker and say oh this is amazing what you guys done but there's a lot of uh things which can like let's say I like the word challenges uh there's a lot of challenges mm -hmm. that happen that journey so um can you kind of like uh give us an example of the a couple of things where you just like fuck this is this is tough how am i going to get over this hurdle what what cut a couple of challenges what, what to what stuck out to you over your um the building of the site in, in sort of getting this to a viable market um oh that's tough so what stuck out to me Definitely was just like having the first marketplace, like with the developer I met last night, Luke, and just running that to 7,000 users really, like without that, I don't think I would have been able to build a platform because I really learned like what a marketplace was and like what was needed to be built. So when Andrew, my co-founder joined, I kind of knew exactly what needed to be built. So that was super beneficial. 
Um, there's definitely been some moments. I think the day we launched, we had we were like paying out users like way more money than needed to be, and our whole payment system was screwed up. So uh, Andrew was kind of freaking out, and like payments were going all over the place because we like had one line of code wrong. So that was definitely like an oh shit moment. Um, <laughs> obviously, just being a big marketplace, like you have guys who do fraud for a living and try you know, take advantage of like marketplaces and marketplace dynamics. We had like a series of fraud, like one night. And I think we lost like $10,000 in one night. And me and Andrew are just like, oh my God, like what the, like what is going on? Because it, it just like happened 3, 4 a.m. And we'd wake up and just be like, oh my God, like what just happened? Um, <laughs> but it's all I tell him it's all like we learn as we go and we make the system better and better and better and better and like knock on like that doesn't happen anymore because we've put all these systems in place and learn from all those learnings um and and just like but yeah definitely some oh shit moments um you know with yeah. those. and I, I, I think also I, another oh shit moment was we like released an auction and we forgot to release like the android app and we were having like people being able to buy it now for an auction versus bid on an item because they didn't have a recent app update so that was definitely a no shit moment but all in all like that was just when like andrew was the sole developer managing our app and website so it was a lot of hats to carry and he's done like a fantastic job you know building the platform and we have more developers now but big shout out to like Andrew and Jack, who have really like made this platform possible. What is the size of your team like, mate? And obviously, it must be cool to work in that environment with so many people that share your passion and want to make it as good as possible. And just to follow on what James said, I guess, what are some of the key catalysts for the immense growth you've experienced? Obviously, pretty cool seeing you being featured in Forbes. That must be like a vindication of all you're doing and a reward for all the hard work, mate. So just your thoughts on a couple of those things. Yeah, no, definitely appreciate it. Um, Believe it or not, we're only a size six of us full time. So small team. We have outsourced kind of advisors and contractors to help us out. Um, but yeah, six of us full time working on the project. Um, we've built a really, really strong product, I think, which kind of stands out and put systems in place that could like run on their own. So it's not so micromanaging. It's more building a better system where we can manage it set via one person instead of having five people doing one thing. Um, but I think we're building a product that a lot of users want to use and being that the dirt bike industry and everything around it is so expensive. Like users need to make money on like stuff like before, like users would throw out boots, you know, parts, etc. And also just, with the dirt bike industry, parts are changing every two, three years. Like if you're buying a 24 Yamaha, the parts for your 23 now no longer fit, but there's someone out there who still has a 23 Yamaha who wants the, the parts for it. So we've really just gone like focused on dirt bikes and made the experience like I'm a dirt bike rider. So I always tell everyone like we're part of the industry. Like we kind of know who our consumer is and we're trying to build that experience for them. And like, I love hearing feedback on our product. Like, if you guys want features built, I always tell people, like, feel free to reach out. Like, we're a small team. Like, we're part of the dirt bike industry. We're not this massive tech company. Like, it may seem like that from the outside, which is 
cool even to like set here but you know we're building this for like the riding community so that's cool so uh, the business six is it six years old now ryan so you could say it's like five years old but our marketplace is only two years old believe it or not so you could call six years of me in college you know buying and flipping stuff um like part of mx soccer which it was but i just think we completely like that was one side of the business which we still kind of do like we flip product but the marketplace is only really two years old we launched in 2021 it's kind of you're working on a blueprint i guess for three years which kind of made the marketplace happen you, you kind of learn it yeah it is the kind of uh the fundamentals of real life which you have to then put into tech yeah exactly it was like our pre-mvp so like in tech you call mvp like minimal viable product so like pre-mvp was me in college like just seeing if people would buy used gear because like i would always walk around the pits and be like all right there's a lot of money in here like how can we make this you know a thing like and then mvp would be like the first website i would say we built right out of college with one of our developers and then once that got to seven thousand users you know that's when like we're like okay let's take this thing and make it a serious company so um obviously we we've get we get to kind of now you've got uh, 80,000 users currently on the using the website 180,000 we're no we're about to hit 170,000 today holy shit okay so 170,000 users M- majority of them in the US yeah majority of them in the US we have sellers all over the world um and we want to cater our experience better to an international consumer. Um, but yeah, we have users selling items in Croatia, Canada, in Europe. So we've definitely seen some like cross-border payments happening. That's really cool. I mean, I guess when people are kind of looking to sell signed shirts, memorabilia, um, you know, those type of things, when someone's after something really specific, like a whole, like an old Honda 500 uh, 1987 Honda CR 500 kickstart, which they can't get anymore. You know, this yeah. is a perfect place, hey, to um be able to list these items and and connect people from all over the world. Yeah, yeah, that's our goal. Like we have when you're, you know, in your account, you could add what bikes are in your garage, what brands you like, what size you are, and our whole thing with that is we want to show you products that are like catered to you. There's so many items on the marketplace, but how can we make it easier for you to find products you're looking for? So that's really yeah, cool. Per, I was going to say, yeah, what pers- are some of the most popular things just on the surface? Is there any surprises or is it just like you think with the popular A-Stars boots you were mentioning before this kind of stuff, mate? Yeah. So biggest volume category is boots for sure, because I think that's probably the most price sensitive thing. Like that's what got me to start the idea is, you want a pair of tech tens, but they're 600 bucks and you're about to wear them and eat up the soles on them. So it's, it's tough to like spend $600 on them. So I'd rather, you know, buy a couple pairs and spend a thousand bucks and maybe get three pairs. So that's biggest category in terms of like, like dollar volume. It's definitely suspension just because each aftermarket suspension is selling from like three to $10,000. If you're buying a kit or something and then exhaust is a big category and goggles is probably second behind boots. Nah, it's very cool. It's 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 
it's it's just a really interesting concept. And one of the things which I wanted to um, ask you about is is how do you see AI taking? Um, uh, wh- where do you where do you see AI sort of implementing into um, MX Locker going forward? Is it something that you're kind of looking at? Because obviously, a small team you want to keep a small team because it keeps the costs lower. Developers aren't cheap. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You know, in, in it's like like all of us, even with MX Vice, you know, we've gone through a real tough year. So, um, you know, we, we're trying to manage our sort of expenditure and keep our costs down to a minimum. And we're, we're you know, constantly looking at innovative ways that we can work. And I'm sure you are as a business. Is AI coming up on, on your developers' radars yet? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're already using it on the platform. It's something you can't see. But like with when a user inputs their bike, sizes kind of all their like personal data we're taking that data and kind of showing you products based on that and based on what you're looking at what you're adding to cart based on like your behavior we want to better recommend you know products to you so that's kind of using ai technology we're speaking with like other ai developers who are like helping build tools for marketplaces that we want to implement um but like using ai to make the marketplace like easier for a user. So what we want to do is we have all this pricing data because we know like what a used pair of tech tens is selling for. So one of the big things on our roadmap is like for if you're creating a listing and posting a Bell Moto 10, having AI recognize like, okay, that's a Bell Moto 10. It's going to automatically fill out the title for you. It knows it's in used condition. How used is it? What colorway is it? How much is that helmet selling for? It's going to recommend prices for you. Um, and kind of just make the listing like more of a seamless process. Um, so that's definitely where we want to use it. Uh, definitely in terms of like just making the whole experience on our platform like easier and better for a user. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And, uh, I was going to ask, you know, you're obviously very driven and ambitious and you put so much time and effort into making the platform what it is today, mate. So how do you sort of channel your resources and I guess prioritize your time, funnel it into the areas that you know you know need the most attention? Is that a tough thing to balance, mate? Because there must be so many different things you want to do, but prioritizing must be quite difficult. Yeah, it, it definitely like moving from it took me a bit because like I'd sit next to Andrew, our developer, every day and be like, hey, let's put this button here, let's make this button more round or more square. Cause I have like, I think I have a good eye for like design. Like I love doing product design. Um, but then it just became too much of a process cause he was coding and you know, it, it, I'm bothering him, you know, cause I'm like driving his ears around to like make a button look nicer. Perfectionist. Um, so now it's, yeah. So it's more now, now I work with our like product designer. So I, t- I say product, but product means like building new features on the platform. So I'll put together kind of a checklist for the quarter, say we want to release these new features um, and I'll design them with him. And like Figma essentially is what we use. And then that those products get handed over to the developers and the developers go and code that. Um, And then I always touch on marketing, like helping with brand deals and stuff like that. And like setting flows up like email campaigns, et cetera. And just using like my connections in the industry, like building those without even like being in the industry is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like mostly product and now just more like business development is, is what I focus on. And that, that takes up quite a lot of time, hey, Ryan, because uh, I'm guessing there's like so many tools out there like Clavio, MailChimp, 
you know, all these types of, uh, you know, tools which enhance e-commerce, uh, like abandoned cart, um, you know, then you const- I guess you're doing a lot of A and B split testing as well, working out what one works better than the other. Um, like yeah. the whole market and uh, the, uh, the conversion rate optimization, um, that's a massive time consumer now as well, hey, because that's like mm-hmm. a, a full-time job in itself. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we have some really good advisors from other big marketplaces, which have helped us. Kind of like sometimes you get so stuck in the weeds, you got to zoom out. So, like, we've just built dashboards for looking at data and understanding, like, making. So, all my decisions early, early on were based on just what I thought was best. So, it's now kind of using data to kind of drive those decisions and, and, you know, not looking at so much data because data could drive you nuts, but looking at like specific data charts and making decisions around those, um, it has definitely helped. Yeah, Ed and myself spend a lot of time in, um, obviously, in Google Analytics because UX is obviously quite key. We've we've improved the MX Vice website this year, and we've seen a massive uplift in, you know, session times on on the website and how many pages people are looking at. So, it, we, yeah. I kind of had the thousand foot view because having an agency previously, I was very much similar to you where I'd just sit next to my graphic designer, uh, John, who's also my yeah. best mate. And I'd bug the shit out yeah. of him. Um, and it would drive him around. The <laughs> to, he'd just want to get yeah. me in the headline. Tell me to fuck off. So, um, so it's kind of now I got a bit of a thousand foot view where it's kind of, uh, we we're kind of steering MX vice to where we want it to go. And then we're never seeking perfection anymore where before we were always seeking perfection where now it's all about yeah. kind of, we know where the destination is. We need to learn as much as possible on the journey. Are you, is that a, a kind of strategy that you guys are adopting? You kind of know where you want to get to, but you're constantly learning on this journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially just having like speaking to people that built big marketplaces as well, like using it, it's, cool to speak to people outside of moto sometimes as well because we're kind of building this dynamic that's happening um and getting like outside opinions to be like this is what you need to make it work but also listening listening to our customers is the biggest thing so you know customers coming to us and bringing up ideas and saying hey you guys should do this um and build this and, and we'll take that feedback and go and build it for them and building tools to kind of make the processes better for them it is really cool um we work with a lot of like small dealers who sell on our platform have kind of been left out of this e-commerce phase and building better tools for them to kind of sell more inventory. But at the same time, like making the user experience good enough where if you want to see only used products, you'll see used products. If you want to see new stuff, you could also buy from a local dealer and, and support a small business. No, I think that's really cool. Like the, the way that you're connecting new small businesses, because uh, I'm, I don't know what it's like in, in the US, but in the UK, there's still quite a lot of dealers, which are just your kind of backstreet dealers what yeah. don't have a website still. They don't actually even yeah. use, uh, you know, eBay that much. They just rely on people coming through the door. So your platform yeah. uh, can actually replace a website for them, I guess. Yeah. So that that's what a lot of them are trying to speak to us about. And what we want to try to build for them is we've kind of got all this users into one place. So for them to go spin up a website and spend all this money on marketing to get users to the platform, they're going to spend a lot of money. So for kind of what our cost is to them, it's it's super beneficial to post products and 
you know, we'll put those products in right of the front, in front of the right people. Yeah, it's really cool. You obviously have an active community, you know, whether that's positive or negative, you know, suggestions or ideas. That's really cool to have that in the first place because it shows people care, shows they're using it and shows how beneficial it is to them, mate, even though it's probably pretty hard to respond to everyone because there's a lot of users there, mate. So yeah. how do you sort of delegate yeah, yeah. finding the time for all that or do you have a dedicated person that does a lot or is that you? Yeah, we. I mean, I still hop on support here and there, you know, because support is where you, I tell everyone it's where you learn the most. Like if you have zero support tickets, that means like things are going right. But support tickets are where you learn where stuff is going wrong. Um, so we have a dedicated support team, but I work really closely with them because, you know, for me, it's just getting that feedback and being able to improve experiences with product is kind of like the whole you know, circle effect and, and making that loop better in a way. And like that feedback loop really strong. Yeah. And then tied into that, how important is the use of social media? Obviously your page is really good, really well done, presented lots of good following. I'm sure you've experienced a huge growth in that too, mate. So how instrumental and integral is that? Yeah, I think just having a social media presence has helped us a ton. Um, because when we first launched the platform as well, like people didn't trust us. Like for us holding money in escrow, users are like, I just sold suspension. Why am I going to sell suspension or like send suspension out? That's $4,000. It just shows pending on my balance. Like, how do I trust that? So having a strong social media presence now and like people behind it, like Jeff Emig is, has really built like this strong brand that people could trust because in the early days, it was very tough to convince a user to send something out with having, without having money in their pocket. So it, it's definitely been instrumental to this. Um, and we definitely want to get better at it, you know, doing explainer and tutorial videos for users to, you know, how to sell, how to ship, how does the process work? Um, like, what is MX Soccer? Because sometimes people just think we're an e-commerce site and don't realize you're buying from other users around the world, around the country. So... I mean, that's the, the the kind of key message I guess you want to try and get across is that it is it's a tool that connects people. So it's it's a supply and demand. Hey, you're looking for a specific part, a specific, um, you know, for instance, uh, like uh, the Supreme Fox kit, what came out where, uh, you know, in just like these these limited edition runs, I think the uh, Alpine Stars just done the anti-social gear. I'm guessing um, the collabs. I'm guessing those things are, are going to be what comes up onto uh, MX Locker as well, where you're trying to find that unique unique item as well. Yeah, no, there's definitely some unique stuff that's that's popped up. I mean, even Emig like sometimes texts me. It's like like one of his old jerseys popped up one time. He's like, "Holy shit! Like, look at this!" Like. I didn't know this thing still existed. So <laughs> definitely cool. We've had like some really cool trick parts pop up, some a like super cool, like tricked out a kit. Um so yeah, like there's definitely people watching the site all day and, and trying to find those cool unique items. And obviously it fast tracks the process when you have guys like Emig and all these riders doing work with you. Is that massive boost as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I mean it also just like being in Miami, growing up in Miami, like I didn't really know anyone in the industry and to kind of get into it from an outside view is, it's kind of cool. Like I, everyone thinks like I know everyone in the industry. So, but like I just said, I was at LA Coliseum this weekend, like meeting people for the first time and I walk around the pits, like no one knows who I am. So it's, it's cool to come out here and just meet all the media guys and, 
you know, I've been working with some people who have never met me in my life. So to just go in person and be like, Hey, you know, I'm Ryan from MX soccer. And, you know, a lot of people like, like I said earlier, I think I'm like 40, 50 years old and they're like, Oh shit. Like you're still a kid. You know, I'm only 26 now. So it's kind of cool to see that as well. Cause everyone thinks like, you know, like they have this whole idea of what MX, like who is running MX soccer. And then when they see us, it's, it's kind of cool. Nice. Cool. I think the, the key thing is, is you've grown up in an age where um, uh, you've hit it at the right time where people, uh, you know, with social media, um, with the tools that are available to them, it has kind of played to your strengths, uh, Ryan, because you've obviously adopt, adopted digital and social media from a very, very young age, that entrepreneurial spirit. And now you're talking to yeah. uh, an audience which is actually embracing it as well now. So it's only going to grow. I mean, where do you see MX Locker going over the next two years? Um, we definitely just want to become the biggest marketplace for the dirt bike industry and, and it, like power the circular economy within this community. Uh, working, we want to work with like a lot of the cool brands. I know definitely we're going into, I think, an economy where not everyone's going to be spending as much. And a lot of these bigger brands are going to have a ton of supply. So helping them kind of distribute that within the industry um, and kind of just making like one, growing our user base two working with, you know, a lot of local dealers to ha- who have been left behind in this kind of e-commerce frenzy, you know, helping support them. And then also we love working with privateers. So supporting them, you know, helping them sell extra parts and gear after the season and, and, let them go racing. Um, and then also we want to make it like a super seamless process to buy and ship a dirt bike is, is really what we're working on. Yeah, that's really cool. So Obviously that- you're building the relationships with brands, members, and so many industry people. I thought it was particularly cool that you obviously help with things like the road to recovery and the animal shelter, the Atlas one there. It's a mega initiative doing that, mate. I know my yeah. wife and James, we all love animals, mate. So to have a part of that, I'm assuming you have some dogs seeing some videos pop up and stuff. So yeah. that's really cool, yeah, mate, yeah. getting into that sort of stuff too. No, I appreciate it. It comes for us, like, and again, full circle, because when I started MX Soccer, Jesse Nelson got hurt and I took the initiative to like, no one was really doing anything. And I took the initiative to get I ride for Jesse shirts made. And that's kind of what it showed me. I think that was, yeah, senior year of high school and it showed me to Lori from road to recovery. And she kind of didn't want to use eBay anymore. And, you know, told her, her like what was wrong with the platform. And we're like, Hey, let's host your auctions on our platform. We're happy to help out. And, We've raised a ton of money, like with the Brian Barnes auction that we just had, they raised about $85,000. So it's awesome to, you know, not only build this marketplace, but also just give back to the community. Like we're not some big tech company, you know, we're part of the dirt bike community. And and that's what, you know, I want to tell everyone, like we're, for, yeah, you know, we're riders and building this for riders. So. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, I mean, that, I guess that's that thing where uh, you kind of uh, you kind of uh, got to try and uh, keep your feet on the ground because I bet one part of you is like saying, right, let's have a race team. We're going to sponsor a race team or we're going to go and do this and we're going to go and do that. And and you have to get that balance, I guess, in business of of trying to uh, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where, you know, what you're doing with the product, improving the product and, and, and reinvesting in the business, but also that balance yeah. of to connect and, and market to new people yeah no for sure um 
and it's just interesting because being like not in the industry i don't really know what like going rates are for like certain things so you know for me it's just i've always kind of like when i tell everyone like when we, if we're doing advertising stuff it's if we're putting a dollar in i want to know how much is that dollar going to make us like we're not just going to do a race team because we have money to do it it's we're going to do a race team because it's a marketing tool for us and getting the word out there but yeah we we have some cool ideas for marketing stuff but i think you know there's a lot of powerful ideas we could do kind of you know using old inventory and allowing users to get new inventory via our platform and, and stuff like that so um the, the one thing which i'm obviously uh keen to see is mx locker more and more over in the uk and europe so um yeah is that is that like a a strategy you're going to put in place to, to try and sort of bridge that gap yeah definitely so it's already on our roadmap um we're starting to work on a better experience for for like users if you're in the uk you know seeing prices in you know uk amount if you're in canada seeing it in a canadian dollar we actually just made we had users having trouble with bank accounts like in canada so we have a new update again releasing today with a better seamless connection to your bank account so you don't have to you know guess what an institution is, like number is or like what your account number is and how it matches to like our us format so making improvements there and then as well like you know if anyone in the us has a dealer or is a seller of dirt bike products you know feel free to reach out we're definitely like we'd love to get you on the website and and start you know expanding into europe so, so Ryan, uh, I've kind of, uh, we spoke a little bit about um, kind of like where I kind of see things going. I think public, the publishing game's really changing with, uh, again, mm-hmm. you've, people are spending money on advertising. They do want to see a return. I think what's happened is because you can pay per click now with Google and Facebook, you get you, you get a nice little analytical board basically telling you how much yeah. you've spent, how much you've spent and how much it's made you. So you know, this, this whole mindset's changing now with this next generation of marketing and business guys, which are coming through. So, yeah. you know, how MX Vice is changing as a business is, you know, like I said, about implementing, uh, we've implemented our own shop within MX Vice to try and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, make our, make our site self-sufficient. So do you think this is what, what big sort of game changes do you think's on the way with digital going forward? What could affect what you're doing? Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough to say, but I just think we're in a unique position, like where we're at, um, mm-hmm. with digital moving forward. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Like, I think like a lot of race teams set us up to do sponsorships. And like, I think just from like being a young kid, you want to jump at these opportunities, right? Like I grew up a race fan, et cetera. Like, but at the same time, it's like, if I'm going to spend this dollar amount, like I could go to, it sucks to say, but you could go to Facebook, you go to Google, you know exactly how much money is going in there and, and then what you're getting return out of it. But we definitely like, are do we have a cool marketing plan set up. We're doing some like cool bike builds and grabbing parts off MX soccer and, and using those parts to build a bike and showing like that whole, you know, thing, like you could find new and used parts on the platform let's buy an old bike and and do that so yeah the the time's definitely changing but i think the re-commerce and circular economy is here to stay and 
I think our generation is getting more used to buying used stuff and, and selling. Like I tell everyone like eBay was more if you're an experienced seller, like our experience is to make it where it's like you're selling an item for the first time. Like how can we make this as easy as possible? Nice. Cool. And obviously personalization is key on the platform because you don't want to be wading through loads of parts and loads of gear on MX lock. You can go on, you can put you, 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 what sizes you want, what brands you like, uh, what bike you have. So you get that more personalized experience. Hey, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's what we're trying to build. Like if you have a KTM one, two, five, like you're only going to want to see one, two, five parts. And then if you get a new bike, delete that bike out your garage and put, you know, a 24 Yamaha YZ250F and, and we'll show you parts for that bike. And if you only want to see Fox and Alpine stars, add those as your brands. And like, we want to cater your experience specifically towards that. So it's definitely what we're trying to build. We had a, we, have you managed to get over to Europe yet and see any racing in Europe? No, I'm not. I may keep telling me we should go. So I definitely want to make my way over there and come check it out. And also just meet people in Europe and, you know, and, and cruise around. So I think uh, I think what you need to do is get off the podcast, grab MX, say we're going to the motocross nations in France. <laughs> and uh, I yeah, tell you what, exactly. when, you, when you get there and you see literally 65,000 people, like are just massive, passionate motocross fans, you're just going to go, holy fuck, let's translate to France tomorrow. <laughs> let's get yeah, the shit done. No, 100%, if, you're, if you're paying for my flight, I'm there. <laughs> And you can watch some Champions League too, mate. Watch the football. Yeah, exactly. Arsenal's actually down. playing in France the week before the Nations, mate. So there you go. There you go. It works out. I'm I'm all in. You guys set it up. I'm there. <laughs> so, so, Ryan, it's really interesting to hear your story with you because where, um, you, you know, I've, I've spoken to a few people on this podcast and they've kind of come into the industry. Uh, they follow certain paths, work for, for companies and... Um, you know, you've completely rewritten the rules of, of this podcast show so far because um, you are the true entrepreneurial who who's had an idea. And I think this is, uh, I, I, I love listening to this because it's, it's when people are so focused on, the, and they really believe that their idea is, can be a working business, that they literally just focus on that 100%. They're not kind of veered off the road. And it sounds like since college, you kind of, you, you've kind of focused on, right, okay, I, I know what I want. I know that this can work. And you've just gone, you've doubled down on it rather than trying to work in the industry, trying to figure out stuff. Because you're you're kind of, you're, you're not reinventing the wheel. There is eBay, but it's so much more than yeah. eBay. Because eBay doesn't have even like freaking 10% of the features of what MX Locker has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Like, definitely put my head down. And there's been long hours into this platform, which, yeah, everyone sees like, oh, MX Soccer, the app. But, you know, we, I've seen it since, since the beginning. You know, I used to like take names off jerseys, like to sell them. So that was kind of early, early days. And to now, like, have a marketplace with users making money, like, we're putting money into people's pockets is, is really cool to see. So I appreciate so it. That's the that's the fun thing, hey, about uh, the entrepreneurial journey. No one sees you at Sunday night at twelve o'clock um, doing the shit jobs, which uh, you don't want to be doing. You'd rather be watching TV. You'd rather be watching a, you know, going out with friends and stuff like that. But 
uh i don't know about you but like i i work all day and then you know because ed's in australia the only time i get the catch up of him is in the evenings we do podcasts usually in the evenings yeah but that's that's nah. what it takes no 100 percent. and it's once you open a marketplace they're open for business 24 7 so okay. it's definitely definitely has its fun um but yeah it, it's sometimes nice to step back a bit and and you know get away from it but at the same time it always drags you back in and you know it's it's fun to put my passions together just e-commerce and and dirt bikes and like even yesterday we're at our warehouse in california that we have now and having riders come through and and hang out and you're like this is work like this is it's really cool to to do so was the uh was the coliseum the weekend was that quite a nice kind of i i kind of call them reset buttons like i went back to the mxgp of matley basin the weekend and for me, I've had my head down building the MX Vice website and, and getting that up and going for the last six months. So um, going to a GP was just like, fuck, this is what I'm yeah. doing it for. I love this shit. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you get your head down and you're kind of like, you're like working, 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 working. And you go to the event the weekend. Did you have one of those moments at the weekend saying, this is what it's all about? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like sometimes I get burnout throughout the week. You know, you have a bad week and. And you're like, I want to, as much as you want to go to dirt bike riding, like at the track, you're just like, I don't want to go to the track because you have everyone asking you about MX soccer and this and that. And then you're just like in work mode 24 seven. So, but like when you like take a step back and like go to these events and see the passion the dirt bike industry has and the people who are involved in it and you know, what dirt bikes brings to your life. Like for me in college, like I used it as, as a distractor from the partying and, and it's taught me real life skills. Like being, there's nothing better than going to the track, you know, in the afternoon or in the morning and just hanging out with your friends and putting your phone away. And I think that's what our like, you know, generation needs. Like everyone's so stuck behind their devices and no one, like all my friends joke with me, Oh, you're going riding again. It's like, they don't understand like the, the, the thrill you get from it and just the like adrenaline release. And, you know, you feel like a new person after you get off a dirt bike. So. It's pretty yeah, it must really... good to sort of get some tangible sort of recognition for what you're doing. Cause I guess you're definitely making a ripple and you would have seen a lot of people at the racing that are experiencing that and benefiting from your platform. So like James was saying, a bit of a yeah. reset, refresh, recalibrate, and you probably come out of it hungrier than ever to make it as good as possible. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, also just, I've actually never been out to Temecula before this trip. So Started MX soccer and I've never like even seen where KTM was or Husqvarna was. So it's cool to just be around the like see where the KTM test track is and it kind of just shows you like how big this industry is. Even though everyone says it's small, it's definitely big and it's also just cool to see how I was cruising around the pits and like having a conversation with someone and they like overhear us and they're like, Oh, you're MX locker? Like I've sold, you know, like a couple things on your side and it's like having that real life experience is definitely super cool. So did you, uh, Ryan, did you find yourself going around the pits just look, looking at all the kit and going, fuck, you know, that's 10 grand there, that's 5 grand there, that's 15 grand there, I need to get on this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's sometimes why I shouldn't walk around the pits because I'm just like, I just, instead of having a conversation, I'm like, let's have a conversation on how we should sell all these, like, <laughs> even the stands, the, you know, the toolboxes, anything, so. Yeah. 
But hey, you, no, uh, that's the thing. You, you can try and switch off, but sometimes you can't. Hey? Exactly. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, um, I for one, I know Ed is as well. We we were we were buzzed about having you on here because um, you know, we've seen the the growth of MX Locker over the last couple of years. I think uh having Jeff on board's been been a big, big move, especially because he has such a big following in Europe. So I know that there's a lot of people talking about it. So I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, waiting to see how this is gonna explode over in Europe. So um yeah, just want to thank you for your time. It's really good to hear um like an entrepreneurial journey. Uh it's not all uh all, all roses, is it? I mean there's there's tears, there's failures, there's challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, you know, everybody kind of gets to see our like MX locker, you know, imagine two years time, MX locker is incredible, da, da, da. but they, they don't get to see the the journey. They don't get to, you know, when you and the developers there in, in like you took them, the, the mistakes which happen, um, at the start of the show. And it's just those little things, which, uh, you know, at the time feels the worst thing in the world, but looking back, you're like, okay, well, it's good that it happened then and we fixed that then because now going forward, we won't make that same mistake twice. So, um, yeah, but I, I love, I love listening to your journey. Uh, I think the site is, is, is a game changer. I think you're gonna, um, I think like Ed said, there's a ripple for going through the industry. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a wave pretty soon. Um, and I'm glad we got you on the podcast to talk about it. So, um, and and we'd love to get you back on, uh, you know, in the near future, just to, you know, maybe listen to some more, uh, some more stories about how, um, you know, it's developing and in where you're going. And I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just a fan of of other entrepreneurs and love people succeeding as well. But also love hearing about the challenges. So, really do appreciate your time going on to no, th- thanks for having me, guys. I mean, this is probably one of the first podcasts I've done in the industry. Like, you know, everyone, like, we don't get any recognition, which, you know, one, we need to ask for it more, but two, like, you know, no one really reaches out to us. And, like, we do all this money for, like, road to recovery and all this stuff, but we don't get any featured anywhere. So appreciate you guys having me on and, and you know, appreciate the support. I'll have to send you, get your guys' address and send over some MX Locker swag. So, some merch and, hey. and hats and everything. So that, that'd be incredible. And we'll send you over some MX Vice hoodies for, for you and Andrew, which would be really cool. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. That's great. Uh, that's it for uh, episode four of uh, the Inside Murder Show. Huge thank you to Ryan uh, and MX Locker. I mean, if you've uh, the domain name, mxlocker.com, is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, mxlocker.com and then but everyone uses our app. So just look up MX Locker in the App Store or Play Store. So the first thing you need to do when you're listening to this, obviously not in the car if you're on your way to work or or uh, using sort of uh you're in a factory and it's like heavy goods or or dangerous items, well, don't go on the app then. Just wait till you've got a break and, and then go on it. But uh yeah, mxlocker.com, check them out on social media as well. And also uh, so big thanks to MX Locker, big thanks to Ryan for joining the show, and Even Strokes, a UK-based online motocross shop that offers motocross parts and gear, driven by make, making motocross more affordable. They always have deals throughout the week, and uh, always use the MX Vice code to get 10% off anything site-wide. That's it. Ed, thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, how was your first uh, Inside Motor Show? 
Oh, mate, it was awesome. It was really cool to be a part of it and listen to all the things Ryan had to say and listen to you guys bouncing ideas off each other and feedback because it's definitely more your guys' domain. But yeah, I had a blast, mate, and hopefully all the best for the future. There's certainly exciting times ahead for both you guys and MX Vice and MX Locker. So anything we can do to help in the future, mate, just reach out and we definitely look forward to speaking again. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Great. And that's it. We'll be back with episode five next week.